Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kim, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the hot block commander. How you want to end up on a two-hour show and keep the brain running with the premise of talk sports on a national level. Both with the topic. Sports like the rubber with the gang. Tally like the bad five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and great. The 4 for 26, so the war ain't can wait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys diversified and educated. Yes, sir. What up? What's good, War Room family? You're once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports. On the War Room Sports Podcast Network, I'm one of your hosts. I'm that dude, Dev, and I'm at the War Room Roundtable with my brothers. we got Jimmy the Blueprint and B. Austin in the building. We're back to talk our ish about what happened in sports and entertainment this past week. You know how we do, so sit back, relax, bust it up with your Aki's in the War Room once again. Of course... You can get in on the conversation by signing in right now to the By the Hood chat room. That's at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. Or join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. We'll also be taking your calls in about 30 minutes on the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline at numbers 323-410-0012. So look, y'all know the deal. Whether you're with us live or not, we just need to remind you that during the week or any time we're not live on the air, you can still check out archive episodes of our show and all of our partner shows on the War Room Sports Podcast Network, either on our own website at warroomsports.com or on any of the many major podcast listening platforms. You can check out shows like The Broad Street Line with Roy and Chris, Tissue and the Tape Hip Hop Show with Phil Maddock and Davis Backwards, uh, John Appetit with the Burtons after further review with the mayor, uh, On the Couch with the Wilsons, and a whole lot more, man. So just make sure you do that. There's never an excuse to miss an episode of any show on the network. So don't miss an episode of any show on the network. What up, brothers? How's uh, Earth treating y'all this week? Yo, what I mean, you do? I mean, you know, I'm still in my quarantine. I'm happy. I want y'all to you know, know I'm black. I'm from <laughs> Philadelphia. My wife, I'm proud of you. African and Ghana. <laughs> I hear you. You black too. <laughs> the anti-Hubert. Um, we'll, we'll get into that nonsense a little bit later. But I hear you, Jim. I hear you too. You half vax, half a zombie out this joint. Um, so you still yeah, gotta, so I, you know. You know I'm only left the crib one time in the last couple weeks. And that was for research to see what that KFC chicken sandwich to see to see you know what I'm saying like how how I compare it to the rest. Yeah, yeah. What you what did you what you think of that? For me, I think like to me they really tried hard to knock off the Popeyes joint, but it just comes down yeah, to they, they facts. Too, and this is not they an opinion. Popeyes chicken is better than KFC chicken. So even if you tried to make an exact knockoff, it can't be as good because your chicken is just not as good as their chicken. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's pretty good. Here, 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 I just I thought it wasn't Popeye's. That's accepted fact. Popeye's got, Popeye's got KFC. That's factual. Well, hold on, but here's the thing about the chicken sandwich. Right. So I agree with you that their chicken KFC is, ain't got no Popeye's chicken
but I think that their chicken is closer than their chicken sandwiches. Because even even as a chicken sandwich, to me it was just weak, like all around. Like yo, it wasn't even as good as their chicken. I, like, I, right. I actually thought it was pretty good. I thought it was pretty good. I no, just see, was like, okay, kind of trash if I want this me, for the same me. price, I can go to Popeye, and and it'll have some now, crispiness you, to you, it, and it'll taste better. We, we've had our chicken. We got we got a uh, had our chicken sandwich to bake. I know you won't disagree with what I'm going to say, but there's a caveat to it. See, I know you don't bang with the spicy joints, pause. But McDonald's spicy chicken sandwich is fire. Like it, the new it one? might be up there. They got the new one. Yo, I didn't even know people still ate at McDonald's. What are you talking about? Hold up, though. No, we don't though. Hold up, though. No, we don't. We really don't though. But this, this until something new come out, we gotta try it. We still gotta try it. Yeah, it's about, it's, it, listen, it's about a chicken sandwich. We like, just, just trying to figure out who got the best chicken sandwich. So with that being said, you can't get the regular. The re- it's just like Wendy's. Wendy's regular is trash, but they're spicy though. Yeah. I know you don't you know what? Spicy, you know That's what spicy joint I do get down with though, Jim? That new. Um, spicy grill joint at Chick Fil A is oh, that's fire. that's hard body. That's hard body. <laughs> yeah, that's that's that's, that's, that's Yo, yeah. That, that's, like you like that's you special. said. I mean, you've known me all your yeah, life. Honestly, so you hear me people. raving about something spicy, and you know I don't even eat spicy food. Like yeah, that joint. That, that that crazy. I've already had three. I don't think spicy Latin women, but outside of that, no more. <laughs> I, like, I like spicy yams, not spicy chicken, but, but this spicy chicken sandwich is, is like that. <laughs> Throw some paprika on my yams. All right, man. Let's, let's get into some hot topics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some back to sports, my bad. Yeah, no doubt, because we're going to talk to uh, Fred Purdue in just a few seconds. Uh, more on the NFL draft that's coming up in a, in a couple of weeks. You know, we're doing a series with him all month up leading up into the draft. Um, so we're going to do that right on the other side of this message. Hot Topics brought to you by MyBookie. War Room family, you know what it is. It's time for you to make some bread sports betting at MyBookie. If you still haven't checked out MyBookie, then it's time to place your bets. Lay down some chicken, no pun intended, on all the biggest games in sports by joining the War Room and thousands of other online players placing bets at MyBookie.com. A-G. Now, peep the website, mybookie.ag. No excuses when you win. You get your money. You get it fast. No hassle. They even have in-game live betting, so you can place wages after you find out the beard tweaked his hammy and only plays four minutes. So join now, and mybookie will match 50% of your first deposit up to $1,000. Just use the promo code WARROOM, all caps, one word, to activate this offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play Win and get paid. That's all there is to it. So, like I said, we're going to talk some NFL draft for a few minutes with Fred Purdue. Last week, we talked about the top quarterback prospects. You know, we always got to start draft talk with the top quarterback prospects. Um, You know, but I think we all understand, you know, myself, Fred, B. Austin, Jimmy, we know where football games are won and lost, but we also know what – the casual fan wants to hear. So today we're going to talk about uh, the top position prospects um, from the skill positions. So, you know, our apologies to the fat guys up front who make it all happen and make all of these guys look good, but we're going to talk uh, some running backs, some linebackers, some wide receivers, some defensive backs, things like that. So without further ado, uh, we're going to get the homie Fred Purdue on the line. Give me one second. Let me get to that. All right. Fred, what's going on, good brother? Can you hear us? 
fellas, what's going on? Yo, no, man, much, shout man. out to Not you, much. Fred. Shout out to you, Fred. I'd like to say shout out to one of our longtime listeners and supporters who has no understanding of the game of football. That's Robert Ahmad. He would prefer that the game be played with just a quarterback, a center, and four wide receivers. Four wide receivers. No running backs, four no, no, no linebackers. No, no, B, but B. B, he don't need no center. He don't need nobody to snap the, the ball. We just say go. We just hold the ball just and say go. Playing seven on seven, though. Let we, the wide receiver without, 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 without a without a tight end. No, we just gonna go seven nah, on nah, seven. No, no, we don't need, uh, we don't need anybody blocking for anybody. We don't need no blocking. You know, we don't need we don't need anything. We we just need like B said, a quarterback, just wide receivers and corners and a wide receiver. <laughs> To, to guard wow. the wide receivers for a little while. Uh, y'all still doing that, Okay, no, I'm just the, joking. The <laughs> hey, man, we love all our supporters, man. All right, so let, let's get into it, though, man. The NFL draft is a few weeks away. Uh, like we mentioned last week, we're going back to the live in-person draft, so we'll see how that goes. I don't know if everybody's going to be masked up or not um, or if you're going to be required to be vaccinate, vaccinated before you get there. Who knows what it's going to be? All that stuff is still coming out as we speak but we're going to talk some uh, the top skill position prospects in this year's draft let's start with running backs fred we know that's your favorite position in the whole world um, <laughs> unintended if you're not a long time listener then you don't get our inside jokes but uh what's up with the running backs or at least you know well, top guy or two <laughs> fred, fred don't know he don't care about him Believe it or not, he knows. As no, he knows. And I won't care. You, know how, you guys know how I feel. I don't care if his name is Barry Sanders, Walter Payton. I don't care if it's Dalvin Cook. I don't care if he's Ladainian Thompson. I'm not taking him in the first round. I'm just not. It, the data proves. Uh, well, well, at least not now. <laughs> don't at me. If his name was don't, Barry don't Sanders back in the in the Barry Sanders era, then you would have to take him first. It was just that type mm-hmm. of thing. But now, Fred yeah. believes all running backs should be paid under four hundred thousand a season. <laughs> and, uh, should also double well, as equipment I, 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 and I, I, carries. And, and you know, I got my feelings a little bit when it came to running back last year because there was one running back. It's very rare if it ever happens, and I, I had to talk myself off a cliff. Jonathan Taylor, if you know anything about me, I talked about him from the time he was a freshman at uh, Wisconsin until he was a junior and he left. And even I wouldn't take him. He was my guy. So, um, But, yeah, running backs are not my thing in the first round. It just, it's just oh, not at least you consistent. Hey, you know, I got to do what I got to do. So, running back class, it's pretty it's pretty loaded. I mean, it's we can start at the top. You know, you have your guys like a Najee Harris. You have your Travis Etienne, who's my – he's probably my the one I'd really like to take. I've heard crazy comparisons of him to Barry Sanders. No one ever compares to Barry Sanders. There has not been anybody I've seen in my time that's that good. So, um North Carolina has a couple. Um, Gladwell out of out of Memphis. He's going to be probably – Kenneth Gladwell might be one of the guys that really gets a little bit of – he's underrated. I don't like saying – I hate the, the underrated thing when you're one of the top backs in the country and you put up, you know, 1,400 yards and, and 16 touchdowns, but he's probably very underrated. Um, I'll even throw one out to you um, from the from your HBCU ranks. Uh, North Carolina A&T has a running back that um, 
His first name is escaping me right now, but his last name is Martin. I think it's Kari Martin. Uh, he you're a pretty good ring. Fred did that for us. Fred did that for us. Fred did that for us. Nothing to do with whether he was really good or not. But he's a he's a he's I think he's a he's when I watch him on film I see a poor man's Dalvin Cook. So I mean if that's any indication he may not be that, but from what I saw on tape he's a and I got a chance to see him last year and that's what and I kind of stayed quiet on him because I wanted to see and. You know, this see this past year has been a little crazy, so we didn't get to see I didn't get to see him run it back, but um and last but not least, Oklahoma running back, Ramondre uh Stevenson. He showed out in at the end of the season, uh, for Oklahoma and he's he's one of those big backs, like a little Garrett Blunt type big back, and he terrorized Florida in their bowl game. And I think Florida's defense is still feeling him running over, around and through them. So the running back class, the running back class is really it's pretty deep this year, believe it or not. Uh, and you and you know you mentioned uh, running back from uh, UNC. Um, we definitely got to give a shout out to the to the one of the big guys that make them look good, uh, friend of the show, Asim Richards. Um, we'll be talking about him in this draft talk in a couple of years. So y'all y'all remember that name. Um, all right, so let's flip over to the defense for a minute, and then we'll go back to offense, man. What the what are the linebackers looking like at the top of this uh, class? So I mean, because we know, like we said, the, the way you feel about running, you just gave us a bunch of names that should be taken in the second round or later. But <laughs> but what are the linebackers looking like? Linebacker is one of those things. I think I feel the same way about middle linebackers. The way I feel about running back. They're kind of dinosaurs. I don't want to draft them early. I don't care how good you are. I don't. I don't because the positional value isn't there. And yeah, if you surround that, how about that? If teams, teams aren't there. if teams aren't running the ball like they used to, then you know you don't need that dude in the middle tackling the everybody. The like sideline linebacker is good. <laughs> you can find those guys in the second, third, fourth round. Uh, but there are two. For me, uh, Jamin Davis out of Kentucky is one of those guys. He's a sideline to sideline guy. He'll probably be. He's risen up draft boards. He's the guy I've been really, I really, really like. Um, a good comp for him. Poor man, Luke Keekley, uh sideline to sideline guy. Really, he he knows your defense. He knows everything about your team, and he can call everything out. Um, athletic. I wouldn't call him undersized, but by NFL standards, 230-pound linebackers are undersized nowadays. They fit everything you want. Um, he's that kind of guy. So he's my top guy. I got a hold of his tape earlier this year, and I wanted to see more, uh, especially from a Kentucky guy. I mean, you just don't see it often. Uh, Dylan Moses was supposed to be my guy out of Alabama. The SEC, you know how that goes. It's an SEC thing. Uh, he was supposed <laughs> to be my guy. He was and two knee injuries later, he just hasn't been, you know, what ex- what was expected. Uh, this linebacker class. Now, the one thing I'd have to preface with linebackers, we we kind of that's a muddy thing. It's like your middle backers are they're, they're, that's your traditional linebacker, but now with the way these teams use edge rushers, we kind of separate it out. It's like your your outside linebackers. How do you classify a stand up guy versus an edge guy? your Khalil Max versus your Anthony Bars. 
I mean, there's a big difference between both. Um, Khalil Mack is really a pass rusher, but he's a stand-up guy. So um, for those, uh, uh, Aziz Azalari from Georgia is my top guy. He's everything you want in a complete freak athlete. Um, he's one. He's probably my top guy there. He terrorized uh, pretty much every team he went up against. But the bowl game against Cincinnati was probably uh, one that really stood out to me. Um, for me, I, this year, to me, the pass rushing class at, at the linebacker position isn't that deep for me. And and I think it's going to be get better next year. But this year, it's just not. It's not there. All right, well, let, let's talk real quick about the position that all the the, the casual fans love so much. Uh, what are the wide receivers looking like? Everybody wants somebody to draft the wide receiver in the first round. I know you're <laughs> tired of hearing the wide receiver real bad. <laughs> and we are, we all I know. do, but I mean, yeah, it don't matter. Yeah, you guys really need wide receivers really bad. I mean, Alabama has two: Jalen Waddle. Uh, Devontae Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner. Those are the pretty names. Jamar Chase, who I love better more than both of those guys. Jamar Chase, I call him Baby Julio. So we can start there. Uh, he's probably going to be the number one uh, number one receiver drafted off. I was about to say, if you once once they traded back from Miami, you know the Jamar Chase, the Jamar Chase was over. <laughs> yeah, Bars, yeah, but... I see what you did there. I see what, yeah, it, I see like, what you did. They, they, Bars, even though I, 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 I even though I still would have tried to flip that the other way and get a quarterback, but that's me. You know, we'll talk about that another time. But um, yeah. So so speaking of you know speaking of since we're down to number twelve, and by all accounts, how he's gonna bend to this fan pressure of receiver, receiver, receiver. Who's gonna be there at twelve? And out of who's the guys who will be there at twelve, who should they take? If let's just assuming Jamar Chase is off the board and Devontae, I'm 170 pounds and probably can't get off of press coverage in the NFL. Smith, uh, if, I, if he can't get, if he's gone also, Jalen Waddle, his, uh, his, his teammate, who I think is the better athlete, but not necessarily the better receiver. He's more of a gadget guy. I'm, I get wary of those guys. When you're considered the better player, but you only had 591 yards, in a, in a career, Chip, uh, or Chip in a Kelly. season before getting hurt. This is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen, Fred. Um, Smith is going to fall to 12, Ooh. right? Mm-hmm. They're going to take him. Every Eagles fan on the planet is going to be exciting, excited so about it. you want Deshaun Jackson of, again? Why do you want no, Deshaun Jackson? No, listen to what I'm saying. I don't, want any, I don't want any of these dudes. I don't give a hell about that position. He's going to fall. Every Eagles fan on the planet is going to be excited when they pick him, right? He's going to get into the NFL, and just like you said, and just like we've talked about on this show before, he's tiny. His game, you know, his Heisman Trophy-esque game is not going to translate to the NFL. And then the same Eagles fans that were excited about drafting him are going to say, we never wanted him. We should have took this other guy. Howie is a bum. That's how it. That's how it's gonna go. That's how it's gonna go. That's how it always, that's how it always goes. When they when they pick Rager, the, the the talking heads on TV told everybody, told everybody, Rager is not gonna be as good up front as some of the other guys that's been taken around him. But he has the highest ceiling of any of those guys. Got everybody hyped. 
he goes out there and doesn't have a as good a season as everybody who got picked around them. Like they told you was going to happen, they want him gone. He's a bum. He's a bum. Yo, they He's want yeah, they want him sent. They want him sent to the fishes. Re- rewind past that. The talking heads and the highlight reel during the draft had everybody saying that the J.J. Arcega white side pick was great. He's going to be great in the red zone. He got hands. He's going to be killing it in the red zone. Because he's not. He's a bum. Howie's a bum. He can't pick. Yo, it, it happens every year. I watch these people get excited about players that they don't know, but they let the talking heads talk them into liking the pick. And then two years later, Howie's a bum. He don't know how to pick. Y'all were excited Yo. about these picks. <laughs> Eagles fan. But now, the bottom, now the they bottom never line is that. now it's like I never e- wanted him. I wanted that guy. Like, e- oh, hey. Eagles Eagles fans are stupid. All fans are stupid. I want to talk about the guy from the Gators. Are they gonna let him run at tight end or is he gonna be a, the biggest wide receiver we've seen? <laughs> Which is it? Because he can do he can do he besides David Boston. I believe it or not, Kyle Pitts is the one player I think is gonna be the most overrated player in this draft. And he's gonna get everybody Damn. excited because he's six six, he's two fifty, he he he's stiff, and you're gonna say, oh, he's Gronk. No, he's not Gronk. Oh, he's uh, I don't know Tony Gonzalez. No, he's not that either. He's a but big you know receiver what, that runs. This. That's not that's not really a hard as, uh, assumption to make because I've heard from numerous sources that he's gonna be the best player in the draft. So if he falls short of that by a player or two, then he's still overrated. You know what I mean? Like, they said he was going to yeah, be the best. Yeah. But no, I, I, I feel what you're saying. But let's, let's move on. Cause, you know, I don't he, he said he was going to be the best, too. Let's, I got one, let's I got one receiver, y'all, that I got to I gotta say because go ahead, go ahead. I know actually it's two, but I know but – and I don't like those the Florida team you just mentioned. I don't even mention that team because they're, they're the other people in the state. That they think they're who they they think they're better than who they are, but um, his teammate <laughs> Kadarius Tony, I think he's he's Tyree Kill's light. I'm not gonna go call him better than Tyree. I don't I don't do that, but he's he's really good. And I promise you, if he ends up on a team like maybe the Chiefs, hey uh, Kansas City, if y'all draft him, I need a, can I get a contract too? Thanks. Um, but uh, if he ends up with a team like that to replace a guy maybe like a Tyreek Hill at some point because he's getting a little older, he's a little bit cheaper, and, well, Tyreek Hill comes with issues. And you already have Miko Hartman. I'm just telling you what to do, Kansas City. You give me a contract later. Very similar player, does a lot of the same things, 50, Percy Harvin-ish like that too. Those kind of guys are really good. This receiver class is a smaller receiver class. It's the water bug receivers, 5'10", 190 pounds, really fast. He's that guy. Uh, the other guy, the big body receiver, because we know everybody likes the big, tall, fast receivers, Nico Collins, Michigan. He lost the weight. He got faster, good hands. Uh, he'll go in the later rounds just because the production didn't match, didn't match the tape. Uh, but whoever gets a hold of Nico Collins out of Michigan <clears throat> is going to be a happy person. All right, well, speaking of the small receiver class, uh, Tobias is in the chat, and he says, you know, as usual, Fred talking out his booty. <laughs> he said, you can't touch receivers in today's NFL. There are plenty of prototypical receivers uh, tanked. 
Uh, by the way, Marvin Harrison needs a sandwich, and he's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah that's he also true. Had but, paid, he also he, had paid he, but he's also kind of with another yeah, Hall I mean, of he, Famer he's, on the other side. He's kind of an out, outlier, though. Like you can't really yeah. name the exceptions to the rule and use him as the example. There's not. There's a whole lot of other sandwich needing guys who ain't come close to the Hall of Fame. But you know. It's always. I mean, Peyton Manning ain't have nothing to do with that either. But, I'm just saying. You trying to say Wes Walker ain't going to the Hall of Fame? Huh. Nah, nah. No, <laughs> no, he not. Nah. Okay, okay. He going. He going to the Hatcher Hall of Fame. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the guy. The guy right, that right, came so out. He's a heady. He's a heady player. He's very smart. Real, real, real quick, well, before we get you out of here, man, let us know about the 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 D back top couple D-backs uh, in this year's class? Defensive backs, the name, I know B. Austin will know this name, Patrick Sertain, Miami Dolphins of the 90s. Junior. Yeah, they say he's nice. Yeah. Patrick Sertain, I've had a chance to see this kid since he was at uh, American Heritage down in South Florida. That dude, is he was the number one corner coming out of high school. He's going to be the number one corner coming out of college. He's 6'1". He runs a 4-4-5, if I remember correctly. Ball skills out of this out of this planet. Except there is yeah, one like other corner. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's, he's going to be solid like his dad. He's going to be solid. Yeah. Um, there's only one other corner in the SEC that I like better than him, and he'll probably be a top five pick next year, uh, Derek Stingley. Uh, but yeah, Patrick Sertain the second is really good. Uh, J.C. Horn out of South Carolina. If you know anything about South Carolina corners, and Coach Tavares Robinson who has now relocated to South Beach, but every DB he puts out, even if they aren't first-rounders, they're all solid. They stick in the NFL. Uh, this is another one. He's going to be really good. Uh, Gillespie out of, out of uh, Missouri. I know there's an SEC theme with this. Uh, he actually locked down. It's always an SEC theme. Yeah, I know. I know. It's, it's hard, man. It's hard. It's, it's hard not be, to be one of those guys that come, don't come from that conference. You know, if you don't come from there, you better be really, really good. So, uh, oh. Gillespie from, yeah. You can't you you that. can't come from one of our little one of our little HBCUs. <laughs> you <laughs> know, yeah. you all know, right, Gillespie. Yeah. Well. But, but but Gillespie, he's he's a more of a box box safety, but he he's got a little bit of he's got some twitchiness to him, and he locked down Kyle Pitts. He had one catch for three yards in their matchup. So yeah. great, good old Kyle Pitts. I'm just throwing a shade at Florida and Kyle Pitts. I'm just not a big Kyle Pitts fan. Uh, yeah, we see. But anytime I can – yeah, you can tell. Yeah, okay. Brevin yeah, George is the best tight end in America. I don't care. Anyway, um, that, that's a whole different story. If you were listening and you know me like that, you'll understand that one. But um, but Gillespie locked him up. It locked uh, Pitts up in their matchup this year and uh, held him to three yards on – Uh, the safety class isn't great. The corner class isn't great. Uh, if you're expecting Patrick Peterson or something coming out of this class, you better get him early. His name's Patrick Sertain. So uh, if you want that guy, right. Dallas, if you want that guy, go get him now. All right. So before you get out of here, let everybody know where they can catch you on social media for the rest of this week and early next week before they can catch you back here. Uh, you can you can catch me on Twitter, Fred Produce CFD. You know I talk a little bit of draft. I get a I've been getting some hate earlier on this week, so uh, you know I I'm not a fan of the Kyle, of the Zach Wilsons of the world, and I've been get, I've been hearing it a lot, but oh well. 
he'll be the Jets will be drafting a new quarterback in another three years. So you, it's it's okay to be wrong. All right, well, you can catch Fred on Twitter, but you can catch me outside. How about that? All right, we holler at you <laughs> next week, Fred. All right, guys, have a good one. All right, Fred. All right, Fred Purdue, everybody. NFL draft uh, is keeping you in the loop of the prospects and what's what's coming out. Oh, I forgot to ask him about that that Sam Darnold trade. I meant to ask him about that. Um, I asked you guys about that. What, what were your thoughts when you heard that the New York Jets, um, after hailing him as their franchise savior, traded Sam Darnold to the Carolina Panthers? Um, in um, return, the Jets got uh, the number three overall pick in 2018. I'm sorry. He was the number three overall pick in 2018. In return, they got three picks. They got a six-rounder and – uh, this draft coming up um, and a second rounder and a fourth rounder in next year's draft. So, you know, who are the winners the and losers? So, only thing I thought about was the fact that Teddy Bridgewater must not be lighting it up if they, uh, yo, you know, bringing in Sam Darnold. Yo, that's, yo I, I dropped the ball on that. That's exactly why I meant to ask Fred about this before he before he left. We'll get his thoughts on it next week. You let him. You let him. Um, you let him off. Um, it's funny, man, oh. because <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm. It goes back to one of the things that a theme of our show. It's like, okay, you have 32 starting NFL quarterbacks. And out of that 32 starting NFL quarterbacks, you're only ever going to have four to six guys that you're going to call truly elite, as in you can put them on the field with, a le- with 10 other guys, and they're so good that regardless of system, you're going you're gonna to see that. I, for one – am a, a Sam Darnold, somewhat Sam Darnold supporter. The two times I've seen a whole game, he's not bad at all. But the New the York Jets, Jets the New York Jets are a colossal train wreck of an organization. They gave him nothing to work with, and after they gave him nothing, they took nothing away, so he had less than nothing. So they took his <laughs> wide out, sent them elsewhere, the White House balled out, and he's going to be reunited with one of them in Robbie Anderson for the Panthers. I think Sam Darnold can end up a top 10 active quarterback, not top 10 all time, but I think he's good enough talent-wise to end up, you know, one, one through 10, not, not one through, but five through 10 in terms of production and ability. The New York Jets are just a train wreck and gave him nothing to work with. And now they're well, blaming I mean, he's trying, he's, they're scapegoating him. I mean, by the looks of things, you're not the only person who thinks that because they did get three picks in return for him. Um, with them, I think it was kind of a, you know, one of those things where, okay, he would probably be better off with a change of scenery. You know, we may have ruined him. And we have the number two pick. So we're in a position where we can go out and ruin the next guy. Um, who could who might be better than him? So let's go out right. here and, and ruin it's Justin. All about Fields. ruination. Uh, let's go out here and ruin like Justin Fields and, and let Darnold go ahead and, and and steal um, Teddy Bridgewater's job. What do you say, Jim? Man, sometimes sometimes it's good for people to support ways. Like you know what I mean? Like you know, 
it, Shout out to Markel Fultz. <laughs> Shout out to. Still average. Shout out. <laughs> well, he was all right. He got hurt now. His knees still average. His body still average. Shoulders, knees. Shoulders, knees, heads, and toes. To be what the number two pick though? Who was he? Number one too? Who was he? I forgot. No, he's number one pick. <laughs> number one pick. Yeah, he ain't. Yeah, yeah he's the number one pick. Yeah, yeah he, I mean, he ain't. He ain't no Tatum. He ain't no Mitchell. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah. You know, he ain't none of them guys. All the cats that came um, back to him. <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, I, I definitely dropped the ball on that one. Um, NCAA tournament is over. Baylor are your national championship. I mean, your national champions after pretty much pummeling Gonzaga um, back on, uh, on Monday. Gonzaga was looking for a perfect season. We all pretty much thought it was Gonzaga's tournament to lose, and in Gonzaga fashion, they lost. Um, but this one, like, would you guys consider this one a choke job? I mean, they lost to another number one seed. Baylor wouldn't have lost to too many teams that night, but still, Gonzaga was undefeated. I think Baylor, the way that they were playing, they just helped the choke job along a little bit. So, but seriously, on a serious note, would y'all call this one a choke? Since they were undefeated, they were favored by everybody to win the tournament, and they ended up falling short. Would you call it a choke, or is Baylor just a better team? Baylor, Baylor, Baylor brought Baylor brought them Africans, man. Yo, yeah, he said it. He said it a better Baylor. way than I could, but that's really that's really what it boiled down to. Yo. They, they just you know, they beat them up, yo. Yo, they look at Baylor. Baylor, they got Baylor, no dark skins Baylor. on their team. I don't think they have any. Pretty much, Baylor look like <laughs> Baylor, Baylor look like they they draft they they recruited out of NBA Africa and they put that on the court and Baylor wasn't ready for prime time. They had the bull Justin Scruggs, I think his name is. Uh he struggled. He struggled, bars. Um but he wasn't he he wasn't scared. He was doing everything he could do. There just wasn't enough melanin to conquer. I mean what could he what could he come up with? You know what I, what I realized? First of all, I don't think Gonzaga, you know, I think Baylor was the better team. We may not have been able to pinpoint that until they beat the trash out of Gonzaga just because simply, you know, this weird season to begin with, with, you know, game phones, you know, you know how it goes with COVID. But I just don't think Gonzaga played anybody of that caliber. I'm not saying they didn't play and beat some good teams, but they just didn't play anybody of Baylor's caliber until they got to Baylor and you know the the story ended up how it's ended up over the past decade I mean they get closer and closer every year so maybe next year's their year who knows when, but, um, when, but when Gonzaga goes into the dining hall what that I was saying when Gonzaga goes in the dining hall even though there is no football team they still kind of get Brody when the Baylor football team goes in the dining hall and they see the Baylor basketball team, they just nod their head and say, what's up? And they get in line like it ain't really no problem. Yo, I look at them boys. I feel like some of them is on both. Like, they one and the same. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Some of them boys play for both teams. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or, 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 or not, they don't have a distinction. They just are part of the, they just part of the athletic program. They're part of Yo, the program. That one boy, that one boy, I don't even remember his name, man. I was calling him uh, Big African Boy. Like, he was just bullying them dudes, dog. It looked, it, looked, it, it, it was kind of comical. 
it looked like a, a, a college team playing professionals. Like and it, like the difference in just like, you know, <laughs> strength. It strength. was, it was like, easy, you know, though. I came across. What would you say? I, I said it was, it, was, it was easy. I think I think it was actually a testament to how good both teams were because I don't think Zaga played well throughout the whole tournament, personally. But yeah. they were just good enough to still win those games, even not playing at their best. Then you come across this team, it shows you how how good they are because they're not having it. Y'all just not going to beat us on talent because we're talented and we can play. And we're bullied. Yo, so, and we can run. Yo, Baylor might, Baylor might have tougher practices than that game. Dog, watching <laughs> this, it just reminded me of, like, the Public Enemy album, man, like, Fear of a Black Planet, like, I'm watching this, and I'm like, yo, this is why they keep us distracted with all the BS, because, yo, we're just better at everything than everybody, like, just naturally. Like, that yo, Hubert Davis, wow. Hubert Davis would you know not what? have any of those Baylor players at his team. That's a good segue to our, our, our quote of the week, man. That is a good segue to our quote of the week, man. We're speaking of fear of a black planet. First of all, I want to give a shout-out, a personal shout-out to Hubert Davis for becoming the first quote-unquote, African-American head coach in the history of UNC basketball. That's, that's big. He's only the fourth African-American coach in the whole sports program at UNC in the, in the history of that whole thing. And, you know, it's, it's just a big deal when, when, when you get one of these blue blood programs and they finally do something as progressive as this. But the quote of the week comes from the homie Q, Hubert Davis. That's what I want to call him, but from Hubert Davis. Um, Cooper, Cooper Davis. And, and, and this week, we're not even, I'm not even going to read you the quote. We're going to play the quote because it's just that interesting. And this was from Hubert Davis's press conference being welcomed as the new coach at one of the greatest college basketball programs, um, you know, we've ever seen. And they asked him about how he feels being the first African-American head coach at this program, and this is what he had to say. I'm very proud to be African-American, but I'm also very proud that my wife is white. (laughs) Um, um, I'm very proud to be African-American. But I'm also very proud that my wife is white. All right. Can anybody here on this program fill me in on why he felt that was necessary? Before y'all answer the question, let me, you know, before anybody says, oh, y'all taking it out of context. Y'all taking it out of context and all this. Let me give you the entire quote. The entire quote. And, 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 you know, I don't think it's going to be anything different with how we answer the, the question. But when he was asked about the significance of being the first black coach in UNC history, he said, it's significant. It's significant that I'm African-American and I'm the head coach here. It's significant. I know that in terms of Division One head coaches all around the country, only 20, 26% of the head coaches for Division One basketball are compromised by minorities. I don't know what he meant by that either. You mean compromised. Anyway. I know 
<laughs> Did he? Or, you know, after after the way he ended it, maybe he really meant compromise I as mean, if it was a bad I thing. Mean, this, this Think about true. it, Jim. Then he said, I know that it's significant that I'm the fourth African-American head coach in any sport in the history of the University of North Carolina. I'm very proud to be African-American, but I'm also very proud that my wife is white, and I'm also very proud that my three very beautiful, unbelievable kids are a combination of us. Now, this is the question I Not have for you, to for you guys, because, I, <laughs> because it seemed very unnecessary to, to, to say that to me. I mean, not just because, you know, I'm black and I just felt that it was unnecessary, but it makes me think along the lines of, like, if you didn't, when you got home from this very prestigious press conference, was she going to, like, come at your neck? Like, what's all this black pride stuff? Like, you couldn't mention, that, you know, nothing about the white people? Like, I don't get what he thought was going to happen, what he thought he was doing or what he thought he was sticking up for by unnecessarily telling us what your wife is. I mean, we see the pictures. We know what your wife is. Y'all got any thoughts on, on why he felt the need? And shout out to, I mean, I to think Austin, I brother think Billy Austin B. Austin just said kind of, Hubert's wife. I think Austin he said Hubert's of, wife looked like a cashier at Michael's. I'm not even going to disrespect. I'm not going to disrespect his wife, but I know that B. Austin kind of succinctly, like, um, you know, said it. <laughs> you know, when you first started this, like, some of us ain't free. Like, it's 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 like so he have to be apologetic. He's, he's a, <laughs> listen, man. Some people are afraid to be unapologetically black, and the fact that you said that means to me that you actually feel some type of way. Like you're trying to you're trying to jump ahead of it. Like, what are you are you ashamed of it? Like, we know what she is. You don't have to say nothing, B. But and twenty six percent of these programs are compromised by minorities. What? Yeah, like, like, what are you talking about, beloved? But the fact is, like, yo, a lot of us feel like we don't want to, we don't want to step on massive toes. We don't want to shake the boat too much. So let me, let me put this out here too. You know what I'm saying? So I can still be safe, man. Like, we we practice identity politics. I ain't with it. So I hope they lose every game. <laughs> and um. I ain't gonna front his wife. Yo, is Hubert, Baylor, Baylor is coming, yo. Baylor's coming, <laughs> Hubert. No, I was about to say I, I ain't gonna hold y'all. Like, I, I do think his wife looked like she bust tables at his days, but um, that's not. Come on, man, the, you ain't got the point of the That's <laughs> <laughs> not the point of the story. The point of the story is like I just don't get why he felt the need to do that. Like. Um, Yo. you know, I've, I've tried to listen to some, some points of view on the whole thing. Um, some people were saying, you know, at a press conference where they were harping on the fact that he was black and this and that he was trying to show unity and, you know, have human pride. Why do we have to say like, We always got to be the one. As, as, as an they, boy, why, are we, why are we the ones that got to show you? They run up in the church and, and, and kill us and put their knees on our neck, but we got to be the ones that turn the other cheek and praise everybody. Yo, 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 my man. You just made history. You just. Dismissed it so you can give props to somebody else. First, first, first of all, only, my, brother, only my brothers are trying to make this an intellectual and intelligent conversation for our amazing listeners. The bottom line. Some of you niggas are free. 
It's 2021. Some of you niggas ain't free. I mean, it's true. I mean, that's why I said I gave you a sauce, man, because you kind of answered that, like, you know, just just very succinctly right there with that. But I will say this. Do this give him a ticket on the train or no? No, he did. Uh, Of course. Is he at the station? Here's what I'll say. Yo, he's a part of the train. He's he's a he's a he's a coonbert. He's on the train serving drinks. Here's here's what I will say though. One great thing came out of this show, and that's this. Man. I'm very proud to be African American, but I'm also very proud that my wife is white. He gave us an amazing soundbite for the board. Cool train is coming. Cool train is coming. What about black on black crime? Where the white women at? <laughs> Where the white wives at? <laughs> yeah. At Hubert's house, apparently. At Hubert's house. He gave us an amazing soundbite, yo. Where the white wives at? Yo, and, and I don't know. I don't know if you've noticed. There's a lot of little things that you can pick up, and some of y'all are gonna say, "Well, what are you talking about? That has nothing to do with anything." If y'all ever noticed, and I know that y'all watch Hubert's basketball career, Hubert has never had any facial hair. I've always known what it was. And, and yeah, also, like I much. said, you, you have to side-eye a boy whose name is Hubert, and he actually goes by it. I mean, because, you know, our, you know yeah, our, parents, our parents, you know, have a propensity to name us some messed up stuff sometimes. But you ain't got to go by it. You ain't got to go by Hubert. You could have, you could have long since. You could have, yeah, yo. That's a great. That's probably one of the best points of this whole segment. He could have gone by Hugh. He could have gone by H. He could have gone by Bert. Yo, he was. My man said, "Call me Hubert." Where the white women's at? He was destined to say that in his life. Hubert, come on, man. Before y'all, before y'all focus, and before y'all focus up in my inbox and all that, talking about I'm racist and I don't like white. It's not true. I love Hall and Oates. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Sarah I love Brown. Cindy Crawford. <laughs> I love Kim Kardashian. Oh, Don't do it. Why is she Armenian? Anyway. Yeah. All right, man. Let, let's go to the phone lines because two of the three callers are actually UNC fans. So, you know, we definitely got to get their opinion on this. And we're just letting the callers know today, you know, we're not, we're not taking – all-day segment-type calls. We got to keep these joints short, but we do got somebody from the network on the line. Shout-out to Tissue and the Tate. We got Philmatic365 in the building. What up, Phil? Philmatic, are you a UNC fan, brother? What's up with your coach, man? man are you happy your coach has a white wife? But I'm also very proud of As an African-American Tar Heel fan with a black wife, and a black kid, I hate this nigga, man. Yo, I, I think you can ask Bob. That nigga name is Hubert. <laughs> you can, you can, you can. Bob, Bob's known me since 1997. My brother, my brother B from CHS has known me since 1993. I've been a Tar Heels fan the whole time. I've never liked this dude. When he was on the team, I didn't like this dude. I didn't like his face. Yeah. He looked too much like Thomas <laughs> yes. Davis from Duke, the dude that was uh-huh. crying after the Christian Lakeness shot. He looked too much like, like him. Like, I thought he was a. I like thought he was B a said, he, he never had facial hair. I don't think. 
You already yeah, know what he is when they don't have man without facial hair. Yeah. Yeah, man. He yeah. got he 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 married the the waitress at Perkins that Tiger ain't want. And... <laughs> He, he married the waitress that take care of you, though. He he married the waitress that call you honey, and and bring you some extra no, syrup. Man. Like yeah, you know, he, he married her. She looked cool. Before anybody said, before anybody called me racist, I like Michael McDonald, so y'all can chill. Um, Yo, I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell all y'all that's listening, including you, Phil. Y'all, stop y'all telling y'all these people that you're not racist, man. Don't tell them that. Y'all, we don't care what I don't care what you did. <laughs> No, but y'all will be there. Y'all will be there. That's kind of no seriously though. This this is a grief. So, I like. I got, if, if I got white friends. I'm I'm a I'm a UNC dude. But if I'm a recruit, I'm I'm transferring. I'm I'm not coming there, man. My bad, y'all. That dude is ruining the program before his first day. Like, there's no there's no way I can't respect that dude. Like, what was the purpose of even saying that? There's no, there's and that, no and that's what, reason. Phil, that's what I'm pretty sure a lot of people listening, like, doesn't understand. Like, they just think, like, it's not really, it's not a, a race thing, you know, to say, like, why was that necessary? Like, I hope there's white dudes out there, like, yo, why was that necessary? They're trying to tell this man that he made history, and he's trying to push it to the side. To give props to, to tell props everybody to that he right, has right. a white wife. I made it. I've made it out of the field. Right. I got this, me like, my I white got, woman. I got, I got the, this, I got the best is, job in college basketball, and I got a white wife. And my name is. Yeah, he got a like, top what, top, How much more white five could five I be? In college this is what I expected from somebody <laughs> that got hired at the historically white Duke University. This is not what I expected from from the hills, but. It just goes to show you, man. They 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 found one. They I I oh my god, man. This is he I gonna find out soon. When, when they, he gonna find out soon how no, unnecessary it was because he ain't gonna get the same kind Roy of retired, as all the white guys made in front a joke of him. In my other chat, we made a joke. It was like, yo, where if they hired Hubert? Because it's a couple of Tar Heel fans in, in my other chat, and we was like, oh no, anybody but dude. And and I, oh, told I said it last we week though. Him. I was like, his name was floated out yeah, there as one of the front runners. Yeah, his name was I definitely know, he floated. Because he was, he's been an assistant coach, and and like he he might turn out to be an amazing coach. I can't rock with dude. I I because I never liked him. I, I didn't like him as a Nick. He got he got the he got the he got the cheap call against Scotty Pippen in the Eastern Conference Finals. The first time they allowed you to shoot three 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 free throws for a three pointer, Hugh Hollis calls it on Scotty, stop us from going to the finals. It's oh man, I just never liked dude. I didn't like his face. I didn't like. I didn't like his name. He he looked. Hey man, like he, he would say shout out to like Jesse Lady. My gums, cause they black. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, and, and, and I know y'all got other people to go, so I'm I'm gonna just leave with this, y'all. I'm I'm telling you, I, this is I'm not a good this is not a good sports time for me right now, cause I but think I'm my boys are gonna they going they gonna spend white. all this draft capital, and they going and they going and they gonna get uh. They're going to get Jimmy H. from Alabama. <laughs> and it's going it's to it's ruin. It's, and I'm going to root for him because you can't choose your family. So it's going to suck. But we got to get Justin Fields, man. Yeah. We got yeah. to get Justin Fields. I'm going to just leave y'all on that note. All right, man. We holler at you, man. Thanks for yep. your call. All right. No doubt. Oh, and Fred. That- Uh-oh. 
My bad, Phil. <laughs> um, all right, let's go. We're gonna we're gonna sandwich an Alabama fan in between these UNC fans. Pause. We got Tobias on the line. What up, Tobias? Roll down time, fellas. I'm very Roll proud of the Alabama Bears. But I'm also hey, very all I got to say is Alabama basketball is the number three recruiting class in the country. James got me got a monster out there, but first things first, Hubert they, Davis buried Mrs. Downfire child of Hubert. They pay well. I come. Hey, send me a check. Alabama runs a very clean program, a simpler program. <laughs> hey, where you get a high, where you get a high value education. But yeah, the problem was Hubert shouldn't even said that. Uh, but I remember years ago with the defensive coach, defensive coordinator Charlie Strong. He's been at Florida, South Carolina. He's a, I think he worked with Urban Meyer in the NFL. Now, he couldn't get an SEC job because he was married to a white woman. And I'm thinking to myself, bro, you travel back. It's different. It's different down there. That's a little. That's a little farther south than um, yeah, Chapel course. Hill. I mean, hey, Chapel Hill is south, you, but once you go farther hey. south than that, then having a white wife is not going to play to your favor. It's hey, probably not like poor Hubie's favor either, though, because you know, like I said, his leash not going to be as long as the. You know, what I mean, he not he not going to get to be Guthrie. <laughs> like they going to get hey, rid of him hey, real quick. All I know is that it'd be like, hey, Hubert lose a couple of games, it'll be like Porky's. He got a brother tail like where right here. <laughs> you know, they're going to happen to him. But uh, y'all talking about Gonzaga, right? Here's the, here's the thing, right? Gonzaga need to recruit a couple of brothers who who they know they daddy. Those are the type of cats they needed on the team. Uh, who, who say their mama is a mama and a daddy. That's what they needed. Uh, well, you know? Yeah. But they just – but see, the problem is that, like, this kind of football terms. You recruit and build your team to win your division slash conference, like at college. And what happens is they don't get tested in conference during the season. Right. Because right. they're not their fault, just how things are, you know. So they need, maybe they should schedule a couple of games during the season, in conference season, like uh, against a couple of like um, big time programs, so they get a feel for things. And I think that may be something they could do because it's basketball. You can lose a game, you ain't gonna lose a ter- get out of tournament anyway. Football. Uh, so I think that could be it. But the better team won. It was no fluke. They got whooped. <laughs> you know. And, I ain't even close. Like I, I'm, I'm really looking at that. Like, if they were to do a series like the NBA, like barely is gonna come out on top. Gonzaga well, one, and Gonzaga would have won. Gonzaga would have won that game three down two zero. But y'all talk about the NFL <laughs> draft with, with, hey, like with Fred, right? I don't know who's worth their job, Fred or uh, Gus. Shout out to Fred and Gus. But uh, you know, I love Fred, man. Killing our, killing our whole staff. <laughs> I know, I love Fred though, man. But uh. I think well, it's like I hear the draft talk, right? And I don't like listening to the hot take media guys who talk about players. Maybe we should listen to the football people. And drafting is an inexact science. You don't know until you get in your room and play. And and I hate narratives, right? I'm not saying as an Alabama fan I would take Mac Jones over Justin Fields. I would take Justin Fields, right? But I hate how they act like Mac Jones is the only one throwing a good receiver. They see what Joe Burrow was throwing to last year. Uh, Trevor Lawrence got NFL guys. Justin Fields. If you had a good program, you got NFL guys. I just hate these lazy narratives that they make. 
and we don't know if any of these guys are going to be good till they get out there on the field. That's right. I mean, and, and shoot, you you don't even know it just then either. Some people it takes them a while to grow. Like it it happens. You know what I'm saying? And then you got some people that's just out of the box, just nice. So you know, yeah, and, a lot of people do say, things that this, are different pace. And I'll say this last thing before I go. I hate to break it, y'all. Sam Donald sucks. I hate to say it. It's just the way it is. It's all right. <laughs> if, if, he, if it was pick, well, if it was pick number three in the second round, no one would make an excuse. It just happens, right? And I know people. I know everybody. See, see the Jets are an easy target because they're the Jets. What if he just sucks at What if he just sucks in Carolina? And I hear everybody. I hear doing on Twitter say Teddy Bridgewater won't respect the quarterback in the NFL. The dude threw fifteen touchdowns last year. Right if I get that? Oh, man, he lit it up. Hey, Teddy lit it up, man. Here's a fun fact for y'all, right? If the Bucks didn't get Brady, Bruce Arians would have gone with Teddy Bridgewater. If he gone with Teddy Bridgewater, he'd be announcing his retirement right now. <laughs> if he went with him. Uh, no, so, if, yeah, if he got Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Mike Evans would be announcing his retirement. Y'all realize that that's a starting NFL QB. You said, uh, That's a starting uh, NFL QB yeah. that averages less than one touchdown a game. <laughs> yep. Get a pass or leave. That's what kills me, right? It's so, yeah. Well, like, he he averages like, many five, touchdowns five. a game as uh, Aguilar. Aguilar <laughs> <laughs> gets 15. You know what? But I, I do think Aguilar gets 15. Hey, <laughs> nah, you know, 15. I still think Darnold <laughs> should get a second shot. You know, see what happens because. I, I hate, even though I may not be as high on him, I still Yo, think Mark, hey, my, mark my words, man. Him. Sam Darnold ain't a bum. But if he, but if Sam Darnold ain't a bum. But if he does, there's some other people that need a second shot. My man, Jameis needs a second shot. You of course. Like, and, and his first my shot. Man Colin, my man Colin Kaepernick so needs a third shot. A second. And, yeah. But, <laughs> but, but Jameis definitely, because his first shot was better than all of them dudes, you know. Besides giving it to the other but, team. But I mean, y'all would get this one. Even how they talk about the black quarterbacks when they ain't fair out well in their first shot, it's different than how they talk about the white quarterbacks when they first shot. You mean to tell me, now look, I know the guy I know the guy was blind as a bat, right? You had crazy workout videos. But you mean to tell me he gets league minimal and Ryan Fitzpatrick getting $10 million? <laughs> You know? <laughs> Only a black quarterback is over 5,000 yards and struggle to find a job. Well, you got these white quarterbacks who can't even hit the, or, hit the ocean standing or, in it and be getting paid. Or win MVP and struggle to find Thank a job. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Cam Newton's struggling. Cam Newton's <laughs> struggling for his life right now. But, hey, Ryan Fitzpatrick, 10 million. Andy Dalton, 10 million. Get a starter. But the black Chase quarterbacks, Daniels. oh, man, we don't Chase know. Chase Daniels. Oh, Chase yeah. Daniels get $5 million every year, and he played four snaps his whole career. He's a great backup Of course he's a great backup He doesn't want to play If he played, he wouldn't be in the league right now uh, that's why But how do we play. know he's a great backup? He seems like He's actually, I guess he's a great backup Because you know if he's on your team Your starter ain't going to get hurt He's a good luck yeah. I guess he is well, a great Ryan backup your backup You don't know if he can play or not your, your backup, you're getting hurt <laughs> Pretty much, right? Yeah, he, he yeah. put the kibosh on you, and then then he gets in, uh, lights it up for two games, and gets another $10 million contract, and then craps on your team for the rest of the game. 
But yeah, and I know you guys will take. I know you guys gonna take this. I know you gotta get the rock. But do you guys think Deshaun Watson may be done in the league? It's it's all this stuff. That's the way it is. Like somebody actually said to me last week, like I think the Eagles making room to to try to go get Watson. I'm like, I'm like, you ain't seen the news, cause Watson ain't playing no more. <laughs> Yo, Watson going to jail. Now, that would be the howiest thing that Howie ever did in his life. <laughs> he went and got the ball. And, and even if he don't go to jail, he, he about to get the creep label, and he's just going to be unemployable, man. Hey, I don't know that, Jimmy. You're right, Jimmy. You got to get rid of players when they start squabbling. Because imagine Houston would have got rid of him when they did before this stuff came out. Now they can't get rid of him for a two-piece mile from Popeye's. Not even spicy. <laughs> Man, listen, uh, you know, only because his ass is going to prison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they going to get that contract loophole after he go to jail. He about to, yo, he about to, go, he about to go form a prison team with Darion Charpier. Yeah. yeah. I and mean, he's he not he ain't taking it like Darion, but he definitely took the busted challenge too personal. Like, he, he, he took it too seriously. <laughs> but hey, but right, you guys got to get the rod, man. But y'all take it easy, man. All All right, right, man. Well, your man was out here a while. It's going to make for an amazing Netflix documentary, though. Oh, yeah. That, Yo, oh, yeah. He was, oh, just, yeah. he was supposed to be getting a massage. He's going in there just laying it on her shoulders. Yo, I think Netflix documentaries are the, yo, the Netflix documentaries are the reason that we, you know, we we take joy in people's, you know, pain because you know it's going. I know it's how it, it is, man. After yo, the documentaries be fire though. Yeah, it is. All right, we're gonna get these calls. Out. We're gonna take one more. We got another UNC fan um uh, on the line. Uh, before we let Rob in, we just gotta um. We just got to make sure we let you guys know know before we let them on that, you know. I'm very proud to be African-American, but I'm also very proud that my wife is white. What up, Rob? What's going on, man? How you feel about your new coach? How you feel about your new coach? Rob? AKA, AKA, you took the wind out of his sail. All right, man. AKA. Phone segment, phone, phone segment about to be open. I mean, about to be over. Speak now or forever. Hold your peace. 54321. And we holler at you next week, Big Rob. All right. What's going on in Rob. the NBA? Let's talk about that real quick, man. NBA players. Rob out there, talking to, Rob out there talking to a white woman. I'm sorry. Uh huh. Yeah, Where the white women's at? Um, NBA players of the week. Luca and Drew Holiday. Uh let you know what these guys did. Luca averaged twenty eight point three points, six point eight rebounds, six point three assists, and his Dallas Mavericks went four and oh this past week. Drew Holiday averaged twenty six point eight points per game, eight point five assists, uh on sixty two point seven percent shooting from the field. And the Bucks went three and one this past week. Yo, does Giannis finally have the co-star that he needs to to end his uh, Bucks and the Gonzaga? I don't know if he got the I don't know if he got the co-star, but I did not know 
that they gave my man Holiday one hundred and sixty million worth of money. But he was one of those dudes who he, he might not get the notoriety and the popularity, but he produced. Oh no, nah, he's that. tough. Like you really oh, can't nah, argue tough. with Drew getting that kind of money when some of these other dudes out here. No, 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 no. He's super tough. He's super tough. And he plays both sides of the ball. They don't even talk about this, but Drew Holiday is one of the best. He's one of the top five to eight defenders, on-ball defenders in the NBA. But you never hear that because it's just yeah, not I in agree. his name. Like he ain't got the, you know. I don't know. But shout out to these two guys for uh, NBA Player of the Week honors. I mean, because you know. Uh, on the Milwaukee Bucks, that could easily go to Giannis every week. He's already won it like three or four times. Um, before we move on from the NBA, man, I just wanted to you know talk about the Nets real quick. Um, James Harden will now be out for at least ten games. Um, you know, some reports say indefinitely. Some say ten games uh, because he has a strained right hamstring. The bad news to the rest of the East and the rest of the league is that when James Harden goes out, they get Kevin Durant back after missing 23 games. And despite their big three only playing together in seven games this season, they still lead the Eastern Conference at 36-16, and 16, a half game over our Philadelphia 76ers. How scary is this team? That's, that's what I want to ask you. Yeah, they play- they playing games, B. They they know what they're doing. They're like, yo, you, I'm back. Go ahead, you, go ahead now. Go sit down. Go sit down for a minute. I got this. All right, your turn. You so, they playing games, yo. Durant missed 23. Harden gonna miss at least five. Kyrie takes off whenever he, you know, needs a personal day. When he feel like it. <laughs> or excuse me, excuse me, when he needs a personal week. Yo, they like playing with the league. Like they're like, yeah, yeah wait, wait till y'all get a load of us when the playoffs start. And all three of us are, are in the lineup, you know, full time. Real talk, fellas. Do do our do our fixers stand a chance in this conference? Or or is everybody I mean, playing for second place right now to be I mean, food as long as, got, as long as if, if history repeats itself and Harden don't show up anyway, so I mean it depends upon which game Harden <laughs> But does he have to But you you That's can true. still have this, playoff this James and you got Kyrie and Kevin Durant, and you got you got Lamarcus Aldridge, <laughs> you got Kaiser unless, Soze, unless, unless aka dragged, uh, Blake Griffin. Like he, he can beat playoff I mean, James. No, listen, yeah. they're a tough out. They're a tough out. But at the same time, though, I mean, you know, this is why they play the games. You got when you got Joel Embiid and and Ben Simmons, you want to have a shot. I think it's I think it's up to three. It's like it's the Bucks. Don't forget about Toby. And like everybody, he balling. Everybody else can stay home. It's the Bucks, the Sixers, and the Nets. Everybody <laughs> else can stay home. Just don't come to the playoffs. <laughs> Let's move the playoffs yeah, I mean, to the bubble I mean, but, and just don't invite, don't invite the other teams. Like that whole play-in game, that's really unnecessary. Just let the top eight in and tell the like you said, tell the other five to roll. <laughs> it's like you, you got. So, in Jimmy's estimation, you already got five teams, five spots that that really is going to waste time. Why have a playing game for those last spots? That don't even make sense. 
Anyway, yeah. all right, man. I just wanted to ask y'all real quick about the Nets team, man, because it's real scary. But speaking, speaking of hoops real quick, you know, nothing we got to talk about. I just want to read this list. The uh, ESPN came out with their best 25 under 25 um, NBA players. But I'm only going to read the top 10. Um, so the top 10 in their best 25 under 25 is Luka Doncic, Zion Williamson, LaMelo Ball at number three, <clears throat> Spider Mitchell, Jason Tatum at five, De'Aaron Fox at six, Ben Simmons at seven, um, Devin Booker at eight, Bam Adebayo at nine, and SGA, Shea Gilgis Alexander at number 10. Let's go ahead and move on from that. Just wanted to read that list real quick, man. Our stat of the week, speaking Yo, of Joel and V. Shout out to LaMelo Ball. Shout out to LaMelo Ball real quick. Yo, Devin Booker's been in the league like 12 years, cuz. Yo, Devin Booker's been in the league like a down. He's 25. How's that possible? Jim, remember, when Devin Booker finally made the All-Star game, listen to what I'm saying. Finally made the All-Star game. That's how we talk. Like, oh, he finally, he be getting snubbed. Devin Booker seemed Damn. like he'd been in the league for at least 10 years, man. Yo, I swear, yo, I swear <laughs> Devin Booker would have served time. Came, that's because he came in the league at 17. <laughs> why he, is he 25, like, yo? Why is he still on this list? He's still an up-and-coming star in the league. Like, he's, on, he's in the next generation. He got next. <laughs> Devin Booker got yo, next. It's, it, that's weird, yo. That's weird. That's the weirdest thing on that list, man. Devin, 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 Booker, Devin Booker been around so long. Y'all can correct me if I'm wrong. He was, he, he was in the league before Kobe <laughs> retired, right? Devin Booker yeah, was in the league not. since yeah twenty yeah twenty fifth he was a he was a rookie in twenty fifteen. It still seemed like it's been longer than that though for some reason. But but that's still like you know but no no Jim I agree with you man in my estimation that's the only thing about that list that's weird so shout out to those guys yeah um and shout yeah, out to the for being on that list he, with all he the other guys finally like, did you know I'm saying like you know I know I don't know if y'all can peep that Lamelo's on that list but let's keep it anyway though we can keep we keep it going. Nah, it was it was neither here nor there for me. <laughs> I was gonna move on. Jimmy decided to, you know. More more concerned about that. I had to slow it down. I had to slow it down, slow it down and yeah, yeah, no doubt. Just diss me. All right. So speaking of <laughs> interesting, interesting out of the week to me, Joel Embiid is averaging. 11.8 free throws per game this season. Only two centers in the history of the NBA has averaged more in a season um, than Joel Embiid. Y'all probably could figure him out, but, you know, y'all probably already know this, but Shaquille O'Neal and, of course, um, the late, great Sasquatch, a.k.a. Wilt Chamberlain. Now, I think this stat is it's, – it's interesting on both sides because I would say – because I was thinking before the show, I'm like, the impressive part about this is – you know, with Joel Embiid averaging 11.8 free throws a game, that's a lot of points in comparison to Wilton Shaq because he's an 85% free throw shooter this year, and he's an 80% career free throw shooter. So averaging 11.8 free throws, like, that's almost guaranteed points for his team. Now, Wilt was a 51% uh, career free throw shooter, and in his, I can't even say Wilt 
because Shaq has a season that you can point to. He has one season where he averaged more free throws than Joel Embiid. Um, Wilt did it like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Wilt did nine Wilt times. Time. Yeah, he, Wilt did it nine times. So it's like, it's whatever. Shaq, on the other hand, averaged more than 11.6 or 11.8, whatever I said, one time. He did that in the season. The he was so one season. He averaged thirteen point one free throws, but he shot fifty one percent from the free throw line. And we know those numbers are also also bolstered a little bit because of him shooting fifty one percent. You know, that's around the time when they started doing the hack a shack or whatever because he was too much in the post, so they had to figure out a way to slow this ball down. This is crazy. Like, I think it's impressive on Joel's account because you don't – like, it kind of shows his dominance because you don't want to foul Joel Embiid because he's going to go to the line and make him. Like, you kind of didn't mind fouling Shaq, especially if they weren't and ones, because that was going to hurt his team and Wilt more than it helped their team. But Shaq and Wilt, on the other hand, to me, I thought about this later, it was crazy impressive – that they went to the line this many times, couldn't make the free throws, but still averaged the numbers that they averaged. Imagine they shot 65, 70% from the free throw line, went there 13 times a game on top of what they already averaged. So this is an impressive stat all around for all three of these dudes, man. Well, well, first off, first off, imagine what Joel would do if he stopped shooting threes. If he if he really got his ass on the block every play and stopped shooting threes, imagine what it, what that number would look like for twenty Joel free throw attempts per game. One. Yeah, that's twenty one. free throws. Two, two. I was just been thinking about it as you were talking. Like the fact that you got grown men at the highest level of basketball basically admit, yo, we can't stop you, so we're going to grab you and put you at the top. That might be the most make you shoot from far away from record. the basket. Yo, Yo, in retrospect, Hackett Shack is like the the big like if I'm Shaq, that's 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 where my ego goes out of control. Like y'all can't stop y'all would rather grab me at half court and make me shoot because y'all know if we get into a half court set, I'm gonna score on you. Yo, you rather Yo, foul your players out. Yo Hackershack is Hackershack is, is, is cold often on the level of a boxing one defense. Like I yo, yo. I hate. I've hated any time yeah. But I've been on a team, and a coach tried to suggest we run a boxing one. I've hated being on coaching staffs where I wasn't the head guy, and the head guy was, um, you know, suggesting that we get into a boxing one, especially before, just because, just off somebody's reputation. Like, you, like even if you're going to go boxing one, get forced into a boxing one. Don't get, don't, don't start a game in a boxing one because, you know, you're already, you're already defeated. That is the, you, you are already defeated. defeated. That is the utmost level of respect and dequitery. Like I hate that, and I think Hackersack is along the same level. Like I can't stop yo, you. I'm just going to Hackersack is like, yo, we're not even going to play the game. Forget a boxing one. We're not even going to play the game. We're <laughs> yeah. going to skip playing basketball to let you shoot foul shots because we're, we're afraid of it. But you. see, but but there's one caveat to that because you know the boxing one is like, okay, I'm going to destroy you. And, I, you know, even, probably even if you play that, the only thing about it is it's like, okay, these grown men should be able – these grown professional basketball players should be able to shoot more than 50% from the foul line. So this shouldn't even be a thing. But 
it's still because of your dominance that it is a thing. But they found a weakness. You know what I mean? With the boxing one, Yo, they didn't they find found, a weakness. They, they, they found, they found, they found, a, way, they found a way to justify it. Because here's the they other just part on your about pole. the hack <laughs> other part about the hack and shack is now you're getting yourself in foul trouble where if you get ticky tack fouls on other players that can shoot foul shots they get they give you know go to the line also you're fouling players out Shaq fouled out so many countless guys in the course of his uh you know especially at yeah. here, right? like oh but yeah, that was yeah, back yo, in the era I, where you you gathered as many bigs on your roster as you could especially if you played in the western conference because of Shaq. you know you know he he made yeah. you you know reorder your roster remember like Remember when the Rams, the, the greatest show on turf, came out and then everybody started drafting the cornerbacks? It's kind of like that. Like yeah. He shapes your roster. He shapes your roster yeah. so Yo, you can have bodies. So you're like wondering, like, why do they got so many, like, why do they got so many Perkins-like Odon- bigs? Because we just Yo. need bodies. We don't Yo, need Odon- just need Shaq, bodies. Shaq got O'Donnell Foyle or whatever his name was. He got him <laughs> uh, a 50 or $60 million contract. <laughs> Yo, listen, man. I, I know I know this is really about Joel and B, but like, when you brought that up, I'm just sitting here thinking, like, yo, that, to me, that's the biggest ego boost, like, for any player ever. Like, when you tell me, like, yo, we're just admitting we can't stop you, bro. Just go to the foul line. Take It's 50-50. I'd rather you take a 50-50 shot think, as opposed to this playing I think basketball. That's the same, I think that's almost the but same. But think about it if it was Joel. If, if, he, if he did what you said, Jim, and he just decided to bully people in the post and just left all that three-point shooting out of the way. No. Like, what can they decide? They're they, they going to decide we can't stop you, but what are they going to do about it? They're just going to have to, like, no, have Joe, somebody Joe shooting from the Yeah, you got to let him fly. In Joe's mind, he's only 6'3 and a guard. Yeah, he's shooting 85% from the line. Listen, I, so I, get, I, get, I get the call off of mm-hmm. I get the call off in the box in the one. I just think, like, yo, Hacker Shack is the next level of that. Like, yo... Boxing one, like, you know, you can call it a zone, whatever you want to call it. But, yo, I'm saying, listen, we're not even playing basketball with you. No, listen, like, yo, but the but the hack, the hack of Shaq could only last for a, certain, for a certain amount of time. A boxing one, you're in the game and you're thinking, especially if you're playing it, as Dev said, you're coaching it or you're in it, you have to sit there and think that we admitted that this guy's game is better. It's almost like telling, yo, I – I, I mean, I it's could, like that I, on I've both ends. Boxman and the Hackershack, you're admitting that this person can put his slum on your shoulder at any point. Yo, I was going to say, you're, you're saying, yo, don't, don't you're going to his girl, you're going to the girl and saying, yo, his, his, his willy is bigger than mine. I got too much pride to play a box. Go get a ball in my yams, man. Like, I, don't even, I don't even want to compete with the ball. Just go give him my yams, man. Let's come back. Yeah, just go Go ahead. You got it. You got it. I can't book her. I can't book her. You got it. No, I just—it's not in my DNA, man. All right, all right, brother. Throw that set out there. All right, man. Peace. We holler at you next week. Be Austin. Yeah, all right. So, uh, before we talk about uh, why, what happened while you guys were on the grind, just want to let you know. You can check out our website at warroomsports.com. But if you want to call in and speak with us about any of today's topics, you can't. The phone lines are closed, so get in the chat room. The chat room, you can do that. The By the Hood chat room, that is, um, at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. But like I said, the chat room is brought to you by By the Hood University. So if you guys have always wanted to learn about how to make your money work for you in real estate, the stock market, precious metals, cryptocurrency, NFTs, you name it, 
It's time to go back to school and it's time to enroll at Bada Hood University. We want all of our supporters to create wealth and leave, leave a legacy because, you know, if y'all start to do that, then y'all can start giving us donations. You know, you know, one hand, you scratch my back, I scratch your back. You know how to go, all, all the cliche stuff. Anyway, um, War Room Sports is partnered with Bada Hood University to help you get started on your journey of learning to invest and possible financial freedom. So go to our website on the By the Hood logo at the bottom of our homepage or on our Sponsors and Partners tab to get started. Use the promo code WRS, all caps, and receive 15% off every course on the By the Hood site. It's not too late to secure your financial legacy, so do it now. Jim, what happened this week while all these good people were on the grind? Yes, sir. And for those who don't know, while you were on the Grizz Nae, it's brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies. Listen, bottom line is you got to get a website for your business or yourself. You know what I'm saying? Maybe you're a model out there. You know what I'm saying? Um, IG model or whatnot. But listen, here's what you do. Go to digitalextremetech.com or call 267-205-4203. Say I heard it in the war room, and you get yourself a discount to get a custom-built site. But it's time to talk about what happened on the Grizz Nae. Hey, hey, Jim, before you do that, man, um, this happened this week while while y'all were on the grind. I'm very proud to be African-American, but I'm also very proud that my wife is white. (laughs) Yo, that's the greatest part that came from that, yo. He gave us an amazing clip that will be used. Yo, shout out to all the athletes that gave us an opportunity to use that. I was about to say, like, pro athletes, college athletes, like, now high school athletes, like we're going to get a chance to use that. Yo, that is five that's, times that's per a legendary show clip in the world that we live in. That's a legendary clip. Yeah, so that's that's like a Donald you know, Sterling on Magic, Tim Hardaway yeah, on the Gage man. type clip. Is but it's just shortened to the point. Speaking it's not a, <laughs> speaking speaking of the white woman, uh, police investigators say that speed was the cause of Tiger Woods crash in February. So I guess Tiger was turning it up on the road, like you know, you know, going a bit too fast. Um, speed as in speed as in the opioid speed because F O H. Yo, because F O H. Like from the dash, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. crazy yeah. part. How do you flow for that, man? Like the oh, yo, older I get, the slower I drive. Like intentionally though. Mm-hmm. Like when I real, I, you know, I sit back now and I drive. I'm like, yo, we used to be drawing, and for what? I know. Because or maybe. Maybe she was just going too fast. Maybe that's what they talking about. But uh, no, yeah, you, you definitely, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely there with you, man. Like I'm, I'm on the highway these days, and people be going around me. The type of stuff that we used to do to everybody else. And I'm yeah, sitting here like, yeah. yo, I'm doing the speed limit. Like, what you going around me for? Even if I'm going yeah, a couple over the speed <laughs> limit, like, yeah, I'm, I'm like, man. damn, I'm starting to feel old, yo. I be yo, letting people yo, in, like. Yo, read the race on Lincoln Drive, and if anybody here is not yeah. from Philly, look up Lincoln yeah. Drive on one of those Google uh, Google Earth-type maps where they can bring you down Hold the street the level, or, or at least you can just so see the shape of it. As a matter of fact, First y'all of know about Lincoln Drive. Lincoln Drive is where Teddy Pendergrass Whoa. paralyzed himself. So imagine, listen, listen. imagine racing on that. Come on, man. We yeah, were... we definitely did that. But the fact of the matter is, we was drawn anyway because, like, we we were getting multiple cars just to race. Like, the fact that you're racing through the city is ridiculous now that I think about it. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, um, so I don't know what Tiger was up to, man. Maybe it was the speed in which she was, like, you know what I mean? You know, getting her bob on. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, that's the word. They, that's, they that's say the that. 
they say that this stretch of road is known for speeding. It's like the speed limit is like 45. So a lot of people, um, or it's either 40 or 45. And I, I think it's one of those places, because it, it's a lot of that around here, where you look at the size of the road and you just like, why is the speed limit only this here? Like this road looked like a damn half a highway. So he was reportedly going 85 in the in the in the 40 or something like that. Um, yeah, but still, like like of course speed probably played the part in why he crashed. But there was something that there was something for that. I, I really think Tiger most likely was high. Yeah, you probably speed when you high, but I'm gonna say he was. I ain't gonna say to me. Shout out to him. He's still alive. Speaking of, speaking of getting bobbed off, like, yo, ESPN, yo, they can Paul Pierce, man, after his IG Live video with strippers and twerking in the background. Um, you know, he was at a poker game with his homies, and they had young ladies who were giving out massages, no watching, um, and were twerking around. And he, for some odd reason, well, I know why, basically watching the video, he was high as a kite. Like your first, first of all, you watch the video. My man was you drunk. My man was drunk and high as a kite. Yo, uh, oh my god! Man. Like yo, <laughs> yo, his eyes were so red. He was he was high as a kite. He went on live. You know what I'm saying? Hairline all crooked, and um, you know, uh, he had to know that the mouse. Like we got to think about the fact that ESPN is uh the mouse is Disney. They was getting him out of the box. He knew that. So um, now, even um, even put yourself in. You know, different shoes, even if we're not from the background that we're from. Do you think it was an overreaction, an over-the-top to, to fire him for that particular video? Now, here's I mean, my man wasn't hurting nobody, he wasn't smashing nobody. He wasn't hurting nobody, but I understand, like, for me, if this is Fox, I don't think he Appearance. gets fired. I think ESPN ran. I think, listen, they're Disney. Like, yo, Disney, Disney is such a family brand that – they're, they've literally created a second platform to put more adult shows on because they don't want to put adult shows on Disney Plus because the name Disney's associated with it. Like that's how. Right. That's how. Like you know they they protect that fam that that family. You are right, and I, I think that I think that app is suffering for it. That streaming service is suffering for that. Too yeah, much happy yeah. Debbie. So, but here's the thing though. So. I kind of felt like I know this is like you know we gotta get out of here soon, but when I saw this story, I'm like, as I'm watching this, I'm like, I think that maybe his contract was coming up where they had beef, or he was trying to get out, because he also has to know like, yo, once you take that corporate job, certain stuff comes yeah. with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You gotta but, know that. You gotta know that. I'm, 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 I'm gonna take you one further though. All, all kinds of opportunities. If he's not Paul Pierce, if he's just think of a middle-of-the-road ESPN dude, you know, if he's somebody else. I'm wondering if he still get fired, though, because, you know, I ain't going to hold you. Paul Pierce is very bad at his new job. So they may have been looking for an excuse, you know what I'm saying, whereas they may have been a little yeah. lenient on somebody else. But like you said, you know, you know, you, you work for the big corporation, you just got to be careful with that kind of stuff because yeah, even, if, even if he was a couple of notches higher on how good he was at the job – there would have come some pressure from, from somebody somewhere because, you know, we're in the cancel culture. You know, maybe the feminists would have came out and said, he's objectifying women or something like that. Or something would have came out that would have pressured them to act in some kind of way. He so definitely could have. They got in front of him. He could have got some thicker babes, though. He could have got some thicker yeah, babes, yeah. though. He could have got some black babes. I mean, I mean that's true, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
you know. I mean, because the ones that were didn't look full breed. Yeah. But I'm also very proud that my wife <laughs> is white. Uh, All right, but listen, look though. Like he, he's he's like offered he a couple opportunities. up in there. And... Yo, uh. Cam Soda offered him an opportunity to become a sports analyst for their platform. They don't even have a sports show. They want to create one, and they want him to have one of their one. and acting a fool. Um, but I heard also that Barstool tried kinda to like, back Kind of like too. the Dev show? Kind of like the Dev show? Because it'd, be, it'd definitely <laughs> be booty yeah, slapping much. in the background of that, that show for yeah, no reason. Also, I've heard that um, Barstool is throwing a bag at him, too, so they're trying to get him over on their platform, too. Um, you know, the home of million dollars worth of games, so they're trying to throw a bag so at cool. a show. I mean, because if you go to those yeah. networks, Jim, you ain't got to be good. Just be entertaining. Yeah, Have the chicks too. in the background. That's true, too. That's true too. Yeah, so, you know, we'll see what comes of this. But that was an interesting story, nonetheless, uh, that happened while you were on the Grizz Night. So what else happened? Uh, so here we go. Also, Deshaun Watson, man, um, this is interesting too um, because Nike usually sticks by their athlete. Now, I know it kind of mm-hmm. weird. You pointed this out to me because I didn't even notice it. It didn't say that they cut him off. It said suspended, whatever that means. Um, but Beats by Dre dropped him. And, you know, so this whole thing with Deshaun Watson, at first, so at first I was like, Oh man, they trying to railroad them, but then as more stories come out, you get more information. You realize that it's like actually something here. Yeah, more railroading itself. Boy, creep, man. Like seriously, I told you last week, man. They they're gonna start off by not giving him the benefit of the doubt, wondering why you had to have forty different massage artists. And I'm saying because that's one yeah, of those but... professions. Like when you get a guy, and I say guy, I don't mean guy, but just you know just. When you get a guy, as, as like, like in a barber or a nail stylist when you, or when you get something like that, when you, find your when you get somebody, you usually stick to that person. You know what I'm saying? He travels a lot, so, you know, maybe he has some in, you know, some pros in different area codes, but, but he, like, a lot of these people are in the same place. So that's going to be, like, the first red flag, like, you know, I mean, I guess the lawyer can be like, hey, trial and error. We're trying to get this, we're trying to figure out who's the best one or whatever. But I guess, and me, that's not coming from me. I'm just looking at it of how they're going to look at it. That's how they're going to breach the the whole topic when this goes to court or whatever. Like, why do you need this many massage artists if you if you don't have some kind of problem, some kind of fetish? Some of them I saw like they ain't worth the trouble. Like, what are you doing? What I what I'm thinking about with this story is the fact that he's gonna he's gonna like you know suffer, and if he did what he's alleged to do, he should suffer. But the team's going to get off scot-free, and I feel like they should have some sort of punishment too because they allowed this to happen. You know they knew. But what I'm hearing, they you know they knew. People have reported to the team. They said people have reported to the team, and the team said they were going to do an internal investigation. Nothing ever came of it or whatever. So it's like, you know, as more and more people come out, these are more and more people that give the team allowed to be hurt because you because it's, because he was your guy. And to me, it feels like all right now we now you want to you know get out of here. We're not protecting you. We're going to let your secret out. It's par for so, the course, man. Yeah. It's par for the course in the NFL, man. They protect you. They know everything you're doing. They know the negative things that you do. They protect you when you mean something to them until so they can't anymore, until it's just, you know, too public or especially if there's a video. They can't protect you no more, and then they're going to act like they're taking the high road by trying to get rid of you and – yeah, yeah, yo, y'all tried to keep the man there hostage. Now, you know, hey, they they probably gonna lead the charge for him never to play again because if he can't play, then they're gonna have to get compensated by the league. 
So you know how it is, man. Yeah. The, the Ravens knew Ray Rice yeah. punched that girl in the face. And so the video came out Pretty and they much. had to plead ignorance. <laughs> Yo. Another news, man. Tom Brady is hopping on the wave and starting an NFT company, man. So TB12 is, is, is trying to chase the bag. NFT market is so crazy right now that I've kind of, like, fallen back other than, like, Top Shot. And I've kind of fallen back from that, too, other than the drops. Because, but, you know, once athletes and entertainers, well, once they get a hold of something, they figure out a couple of dollars, well, they yeah, start man. in the hole. Yo, but but the problem the is, hole, they run it in the hole before they even really understand it, but they got the money to throw at it and do that. So now they're going to be saturating. Yeah, this, yeah. Com- this company, I, I, I believe, is going to be called uh, – uh, oh, it's going to be uh NFT platform called Autograph. So you know what this is going to be. You know, they're going to have a bunch of people, yep. and they're going to be trying to get money from the most drawn things out there. And it, it's like you said, it's, they're just going to ruin the space, man. <laughs> hey man, I wonder if Tiki Barber. I wonder if Tiki Barber is already working on uh, trying to get you know, you know what I mean. Anyway, yeah, because um, he been he, he been doing this for years. All he got to do is digitalize what he's already done. <laughs> pretty much. Anyway, start man. taking so pictures listen, of some Thuzio outings and 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 put them on the NFT market. Shout out to Thuzio, man. They got AI on their roster now, man. Shout out to Thuzio. But yo, um, yeah, I ain't even know that. Yeah, while other sports franchises across America welcome back a small percentage of the fans, you know, te- everything's bigger in Texas, man. Texas Rangers say, look, they got a crowd of 40K plus. They they, they like, look, just come through. Um, so everybody's opening up slow Texas because they're Texas. Is like a what did you say? Everything bigger in Texas or everything stupider in Texas or everything uh, more conservative in Texas or everything whiter in Texas? Like, you name it. Because, you know, all, they, all of the above. Are, this is this this is one of the states, one of the few states that have politicized this whole virus from the door, you know, have fought against people protecting you as if your rights were being infringed upon because they were trying to keep you alive. So of course, <laughs> when everybody else is doing it slowly, when even having four thousand people in a fifty thousand um seat stadium still could be dangerous right now because it's not like the numbers are going down y'all gonna go out there and have a capacity crowd like come on man only only in texas man i got people in texas so i really do you know what I'm saying? when i when i get fully vaccinated i want to go see my peoples but i don't know if i want to go to that state man <laughs> probably just got coolies in the man. air down yes <laughs> man you know what i'm saying like yo i'm, I'm half vax right dumb. now yo Yo, speaking of, did you get your second shot yet? No, no, no. That's, uh, later on, late in the month, late in the month, I'll be a okay, full zombie. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying, I, I just like to check with everybody, see when they get their second job and see how it knocks them up, because I, I heard that second shot ball. Like, I was saying, ain't nobody looking forward to that second shot. Yo, and, my and, man hit me the day. He's like, yo, he said, the first one, he, the first one, he said, I was going to sign the next day. He said, this one right here, bro. He said, I had to take a couple days off and just, like, do nothing. I was like, damn, like that? Yeah, that jumped there, so. And we didn't even, you know, we, we did this with no courtesy towards our children because my wife and I are getting ours on the same day. So it's like oh, they might be on their own for a couple of days. So nah, we're just going to stock up on Pop-Tarts and um, bread so they can make toast. They know how to make everything in the toaster. So they're going to have to cook for themselves. They're going to have to go to school on their, on their own. You know, school is... School is in the living room anyway, so, you know, do your thing. 
They know how to sign on. Yeah, man. Don't don't bother. Yeah, man. So all right, man. So that's... yeah. So so that that is uh what happened right. this past week in the Grizz night. Before we get out of here though, um, tell everybody what happened uh this dating sports history. Yes, sir. This dating sports history brought to you by Sports the Book. Sports is an acronym. Smart people only read the sports. Make sure you pick up. The greatest sports book ever written, written by War Room Sports' own Jimmy the Blueprint. You could do that at warroomsports.com or sportsthebook.com. Wherever you go to get it, just get it. Got it. Peace. All right. In this date in sports history, April 8th, 1975, Frank Robinson debuts as the first African-American Major League Baseball manager Cleveland Indians defeat the New York Yankees five to three during that game. Is Frank Robinson's wife black or white? I'm, I'm you know, I'm just saying. I'm just asking. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know who he. I, I want to know. I'm gonna go back and see what he said at his press conference that day. Um, also, we got another one. Uh, April eighth, 1974. Just a year before, on the same day, the bull hammering Hank Aaron. Hits his 715th home run off of uh, L.A. Dodger Al Downing, breaking Babe Ruth's record in Atlanta. So shout out to Hammer and Hank. Shout out to Frank (laughs) for everything they've done for baseball throughout their lives and careers. Um, And uh, shout out to those historical moments, man. Salute from the war room, man. Let's get the hell out of here. And by the way, Frank Robinson looks like his wife is a sister. So shout out to Frank. So no, no Hubert. Yeah, no Hubert. I mean, at least according to the Google, at least, so, least according so, to the Google. So, but it's time to get out of here. So, man. so he probably understood the, the 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 gravity of being the first black major league baseball coach, you know, of all time. He probably understood that, and then went home and celebrated with with his sister, with the sister, not his sister. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be that'd be yeah. What you just said was a little different, like you know, with his sister. Like, hold on, hold on, let me let me take that. Back. I'm, I'm, let me see. Hold on, she look kind of like but she do like the sister. Maybe. No, she a sister. Uh-oh. She a sister. I think. Hold up, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> black and white. Black and white. Yo, these black and white photos. These black and white photos. Uh, you can't tell. Yeah, no, nah, you can tell. I'm looking at the wedding joint though. You could tell by her hair. I mean, unless she was trying to. Be, okay. Yeah, she she a sister. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Does he have more than when she I'm about to say she what as she grew older, she looked like she like what what she morphed? Power Rangers? Listen, man. Alright, so at least you've seen the same way I'm saying it. I'm like first I'm like, I'm looking at I'm looking at the one with the plaque where he's standing in front of the plaque and she got on red shoes and she they they're older. Exactly. Yeah, she looked like she morphed. In old age, but she, she I think she's still so. She oh, got to be, because well, if you look at the wedding pictures and then black and white. Really get the chance to shout out to shout out to Robinson anyway, man. But anyway, man, thank you, brothers. Thank you for joining us for another briefing in the war room. Shout to everybody. Those that are supporting us or listening every week, those in the chat, those that got on, those that couldn't get on, we apologize, but we're getting out of here. You understand? We got to go watch some sports and some ratchet TV. But listen, catch everything we do. All of our shows, everything um, in terms of our podcast, uh, webcast from other shows, everything we got going on, you can find at one place. That one place is warroomsports.com. That is the hub. Yeah, you can get my book, Sports the Book, at the hub of 
warroomsports.com. But until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the world's of ignorance, and we'll see you chumps on top. African-American, but I'm also very proud that my wife is white. War Room Sports, www.warroomsports.com. What? Ain't no more to it.